0: Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Well, let's get after it, shall we? John chapter 10. Heard a minister in Bible school say one time, he he said, uh, the pulpit's not the place to mess around. Get after it. So let's get after it. Let's get some word in you. We're talking about hearing his voice. This is the third message. Something that the Lord has been dealing with me about concerning our church is three separate illustrations that he continues to deal with me and I pray over um, and have been praying over and reading over consistently is um, Psalms chapter 1, verse 1 through 6, I believe it is, but talking about being a tree planted by the rivers of living water. Uh, talking about the rivers of living water, and then in the book of Ezekiel, wherever the, wherever the river goes, there's healing, right? And then also the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah has to do with um, Nehemiah rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem and uh, gathering the children of Israel from random places to bring them together as the people of God, and them learning and needing to be able to uh, work construction on one side and on the other, hold a sword, so the scripture says that they actually never, I was reading it last night, they never took their sword off while they were working construction. You know, it's pretty rare you go to a construction site and you see a guy with a hammer on one side and an AK on the other, <laughs> or an AR, whatever, whatever you choose. Okay, it's pretty rare. But in that time, they had to do it. And there may be times where we have to do that. Now, we always do it in the Spirit. But we're, we're headed to a place where the Lord is saying to us, you're still going to have to build the church and you're going to have to fight the fight. Does that make sense? So both of those things are going to happen at once. So that's what the Lord is dealing with me about uh, in, kind of, to use a phrase that's common now, but prophetically, All right. I like to say it this way because I'm not a prophet, I'm a pastor, but I have the Holy Spirit within me and he shows me things to come and this is the stuff that he's showing me that is coming. So make sure you prepare yourself, amen, individually. If this is your church, you're a part of this church, then you know that word is for you. Now, we fight individually, but we fight corporately. One of the major things that took place under David's leadership is that he brought a people of a group of men together that were known as the mighty men. And these were men who did not break rank. In other words, in the middle of a heated battle, they didn't leave their position. They understood their call and their purpose. They understood that if they left their position, the person next to them then was going to be compromised and the purpose. person on the left and on the right, both were going to be compromised, and then they might compromise their position, and if they do that, then you're even in bigger trouble. (laughs) It's true, right? So the church, more than ever, needs to function as one in the love of God. You know, one of the major signs before Christ's return is that love, the love of many will grow cold because of lawlessness. Can I ask you a question? Is there any lawlessness going on in the earth and in America? Hello. Wake up and smell the spiritual coffee. Stop sleeping as the church. We need to be aware of this. So one of the keys to our success in the day and age in which we live is hearing His voice. Being where we are supposed to be, doing what we are supposed to be doing. Now that starts, as for believers, in a very broad sense, and then as you walk with the Lord, it narrows down. The longer you walk with the Lord, the more specific He is concerning your individual purpose. So how many realize this? When you first start a new job, you can uh, end up doing kind of a many things at the business that you work at. But over time, as, as something grows, as something increases, you need to be more and more specific in job titles, and job descriptions, because otherwise you get a lot of overlapping, a lot of confusion, right? So one of the illustrations that the Lord keeps using with me is the illustration from Psalms 1 concerning the tree. And I've shared this already, so I'm not going to go back into detail again about it, but I do want to share this with you just briefly. One of the major problems in the church today is not that we're not connected to the Lord, it's that our lives, like trees, have can have overgrowth. Now, Jesus, actually God the Father, is known as the vine dresser. He's the arborist in the kingdom. He's the one that comes in and inspects our lives and says, I'm going to cut off this because it's dead, and I'm going to cut off this because it's dead, and I have a specific way that as my tree, as my individual tree in my kingdom, I want you to grow, and I want you to accomplish some specific things in my kingdom, so I'm going to cut off this dead thing in your life and this friendship and this thing and that thing and that extracurricular that you like to do, but really is useless, and it's not my plan for your life, so I'm going to cut that off and this off, and we he begins to cut off dead things and most of us maybe not everybody but most of us are in that position where man we've cut off a lot of dead things but there's one thing you need to know about our father he will actually come in and begin to cut off live things now this started out of as many of you know this started out of my homeowners association where I live, they started trimming out the trees. They like We got overgrowth in these trees. And so they came in and they trimmed out the trees and we looked at the tree in our yard after it got trimmed out and that thing looked ugly. But we hired a guy who specializes in this area, who, who, who studies and knows that if I cut these live things, then these other branches that are already large will become larger. The Father God... When he begins to cut live things out of our lives, things that may be good, but they're not his specific purpose for us, he has a purpose in doing that. What is that? He wants the limbs that are already established to become even stronger so that he can put more fruit on the limb. So we're going to get into some things about hearing his voice. This is not a teaching I've taught on how to hear the Spirit of God. We, we have those messages online on the, on the YouTube channel and on the, on the uh, uh, website. All of that. We have those things there. I'm not teaching on just being led by the Spirit of God, but I am actually going to focus as soon as we get through John chapter 10, verse, verse 10 and verse 27. I'm going to focus on stranger voices. The last couple of weeks out of John 10, we've been talking about the voice of our shepherd and then the voice of a stranger. There, are, there is actually, it says in the scripture in John 10, it says the voice of strangers. It doesn't say stranger. It says strangers, which means there are multiple voices speaking in the earth, but there's only one we need to follow and it isn't cnn that's on the live stream ha <laughs> it's not we need to hear him i am his sheep i know his voice They say, How do you know him? Because I heard him when he said, Sean, come, give your life to me. Yes, sir. Thank you. I'll do it. Now, it took a few years for him to get me there. But part of his purpose in teaching us this is this that we don't waste the resource of Zoe life on things we shouldn't. And I am not saying that we can't do fun things, I think we should. But our primary purpose is kingdom first. And don't just think about me and my job to preach and be a pastor. You think about you and your life and your daily places that God has you in in your world. Your primary focus is kingdom first. It isn't family first. It isn't job first. It isn't, it isn't uh, 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 vacation first. It isn't my favorite sports team first. It isn't my whatever it is, you name it. It is who first? God first. Now that's easy to agree with here. It's a different animal walking it out. Don't you think for a second that the, the devil is impressed by your amen here? He isn't. Do you know the devil comes to church? Do you know he never misses a service? Well, you don't think he's just going to sit back and let God's kingdom just go forward. Do you know he has assignments with his little nasty things that carry around with him? The dirty, smelly things? They're called unclean spirits. Ever been somewhere where it's unclean? Smells bad. You're like, ooh, I don't want to touch it. That's how it is in the spirit. That's how he is. He has assignments everywhere. But we're not afraid of him because we hear his voice. So John chapter 10, we've looked at a lot of different things, but I want to go right into verse 10 this morning. And I have... uh, um, And begin there. Sorry, I take that back. I want to go to verse 27, and then we're going to work our way backwards. So I want to say this. I send out an email once a week after the Sunday service with uh, some thoughts and the notes, some of my notes from the message. If you want to be a part of that, you just need to text Life in Christ to 84576 and sign up. Or if you go to our YouTube channel, which is uh, FFC Billings 509, you can subscribe there and you can listen to everything, uh, the messages from before. It'll help you. All right, let's look at this. We're talking about the voice of the shepherd and the voice of strangers. And specifically right now, we're talking about the voice of the shepherd. And I want to show you something in John chapter 10, verse number 27. This is a powerful verse, and I want to read it just in a couple of different translations here, um, and so, uh, so that you can see it, uh, maybe it, it will, it'll help you understand it better. So our purpose here is to continue to give attention to the voice of the shepherd and the voice of the stranger. So verse 27 says this, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. The Amplified says it this way. It says, the sheep that are my own hear and are listening to my voice. Hear and are listening to my voice. And I know them and they follow me. The Bible in basic English says it this way. My sheep give ear, give ear to my voice. And I have knowledge of them and they come after me. One more uh, translation here I want to read to you. Uh, God's Word translation says this, My sheep respond to my voice. And actually, that's a little bit better translation of that word here. Uh, just so you know. But they respond to my voice, and I know who they are. There's going to be a powerful truth that comes out of this. And they follow me. So one commentary said this, There are three verbs in this verse that are in the present tense, which means they are denoting a continuous action. All right? A continuous action. These three words are hear, know, and follow. This is a continuous action. Hear, know, and follow. They are actions of the sheep. Uh, Hear and follow are actions of the sheep, and know is the progressive action of Jesus. Ooh, I love this. I'm excited about it because I know more about my notes than you do. But if, if you want to get excited by faith, you can. <laughs> the Lord's sheep know and hear his voice. We need to make this a part of our conversation. You say, what do you mean by that? You need to walk around. Now, I'm not saying you have to do it out loud around everybody. Uh, that when you're around people, but just quietly to yourself, you need to say, I am his sheep and I know his voice. And the voice of a stranger, I don't follow stranger voices. Come on, we've said it before, stranger, danger. (laughs) We need to make it a part of our conversation, especially when the enemy is in attack mode with doubt. Now, if I'm going to give you just some words and adjectives to to help you with the word doubt, darkness, confusion. You say, does that happen? I hear people say it. I just don't know why. Why? I just don't know why. I just, I can't see, I'm not seeing, I can't, I don't know why. And we need to not talk about what we don't know and focus on who we do know. If you want clarity, you can't focus on darkness. You have to focus on light. There is a what? A continuous action of hearing and following. Hearing and following. How many realize this? You don't need to be concerned about Jesus' part. What's my concern for, with me? I need, to be, I need to be focused on me listening to him and doing what I'm told. I don't need to be like, Lord, because people do this. Glory to God. Lord, your word says this, but why didn't you do it? You're participating with your enemy's tactics when you do that. Hello. Amen? Come on, he is called faithful. He's not called Jehovah Schizophrenia. (laughs) What's God like today? I don't know. (laughs) so we need to focus on him especially when the enemy is in attack mode people say well how do you know when he's in attack mode listen stop and listen to the Lord you know when he's attacking you you know it. You start feeling confused. Oh, thoughts are coming like this. They're bombarding you. Well, if the Lord really loved you, well, if the Lord, if the Lord was this, if the Lord, well, if you're really free, then why are all these things happening around you? And in the midst of that, you need to say, hey, devil, shut up in the name of Jesus. My God is faithful. You're not going to get me to begin to question who he is in my life. I don't need to question him. He's proven his love. He sent Jesus already. The circumstances of this life, devil, are a lot of what you've produced because humanity has cooperated with you. But I'm done cooperating with you. So just pack up your little package and take off. In Jesus' name, therefore, submit to God, resist the, and he will flee from, say this with me, say, he He flees flees from from me. Okay. We, his sheep, hear his voice. The Lord said, my sheep hear my voice. Is the Lord just saying that like generally? Like, no, he means it. So if Jesus says, I hear his voice, then what do I need to say? I hear his voice. Is Jesus a liar? No, he's a truther. And he speaks the truth. And if he says, I hear him, I say, I hear him. Amen? All right. So we see this statement. We hear his voice. The shepherd's voice speaks truth, life, truth and righteousness. The shepherd's voice speaks truth, life, and righteousness. Okay, let's look at this powerful statement from Jesus, the second one in this verse. To us, he says, I know them. The other translation said it this way, I have knowledge of them. This statement by the Lord is a key to having strong faith. And I'm going to show you why. It's a key. Now, Jesus says this more than once, and I'm going to read the verse to you. You just jot it down. John 10, 14, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep. I know my sheep. Watch this. And am known by what? So you can say with Jesus, I'm your sheep, and I, you know me, and I know, come on, you should say it all day. You should say, I know him, I know him, I know him. And the devil and circumstances are going to tell you otherwise. They're going to say, Oh, no, you don't. But in the midst of that, you need to speak up by faith. Stand, get the scripture out. John ten fourteen says, Jesus said to me, Devil, that I know him. Therefore, I know him and I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You take your stuff and leave. So, John 10, he knows us. Now, there's two verses that talk about that. What does the word know mean? The word know means this to understand. I love this, or to understand completely. You ever hear people walk around? Nobody understands me. Oh yeah. There's somebody who does. To understand completely. The, the Lord knows, understands us better than our parents, our siblings, our friends, our co workers our church family, ministers, spouses, psychologists, doctors, especially more than politicians, or anyone else on this planet. Who knows you and me? Jesus. Now, if you understand his love for you, you won't cringe and shy away from that because you'll know that he came to give you life And life, oh, superabundant life. You'll embrace His knowledge of you. Watch this. The Lord knows us better than we know ourselves. This means that our personal thoughts, emotions, and feelings are not the primary voice that we are to follow. Christians believe things about themselves all the time that the shepherd did not say was their identity or their purpose. He didn't say that about you. What did he say? People say, well, Lord, I just, you know, nobody understands me. And the Lord's going, I understand you inside and out, front to back. I created you. Well, I think I'm this. Well, does that line up with what he said about you? So in order to hear from him about my identity and to know that what my purpose is here on earth, what do I need to do? I need to hear his voice. Amen? Because he knows me. If God understands me completely, it would be reasonable for me to look to him to understand myself. If God understands me completely... It would be wise of me to shut out all the stranger voices. We are depending on God's knowledge of us as individual sheep, both as to our call and our personal guidance. Well, I just don't know what to do with my children. You know somebody who does. And sometimes, I know for me through the years, Quite a few times, the problem wasn't with my kids. It was with me. Now, I'm not telling you as a parent, you should uh, uh, abandon your position of authority in your house. That would be unbiblical, right? But I do need to own what I've done wrong. Amen. Now, I know my kids might think the list is longer than what they would like to, you know, hear. But the truth of the matter is, when I go to hear the shepherd, there are times where the shepherd says, hey, you're screwing up. You're not obeying me right here, and this is why you're getting this growth in your house. Well, it'll humble you, won't it? How many think our culture and believers in general, we could use humbling to to walk in that place of humility. I cannot ignore what God said to do and expect the results that he promised. I have to make adjustments. I'm the one that has to change. So then I go back to that place of fellowship where I'm allowing him to minister to me. And as I do what takes place, I begin to see change in my life. As a result of that, there's a trickle-down effect. How many remember Ronald Reagan, trickle-down economics? Well, a few of you do. What does that mean? The prosperity at the, or the growth or the development in my life in my relationship with the Lord, has a downward effect into those that I'm over or my children. It affects a change. Amen. And we hear his voice, and he knows us. Some people don't want to go to... You know that uh, in our men's book right now, one of the statements he made was this. He said, oftentimes, prayerlessness is hiding. Have you ever gone to somebody and you're like, I just need some advice. I need some advice. And you begin to share your situation with them, and they begin to share something with you that you didn't want to hear. You don't want advice. You want agreement in your problem that what you're doing is okay. Yeah, it's justifiable to act like a fool because, you know, they did this, this, and this. How many know God will never do that? When I go to him and I begin to talk to him about something, in fact, I will say this. There are times where I've gone to talk to him about something and I know that it's just, my I I want a particular answer. I hear crickets. And then I got to back up and go, okay, Lord, I've got my heart ready to hear now. Talk to me. And then he begins to talk to me about it. This is not... Spiritual uh, roulette. Come on, Lord, make it stick. (laughs) He's not gambling with your life. When Jesus, he doesn't play poker, but when Jesus plays poker, he always wins. (laughs) You know what I mean. That's a bad illustration. All right, moving on. All right, third point here in this verse, they follow me. What does that mean? Follow means to accompany. It means to be in the same way with. So this word means to follow one who proceeds. So this is basically being a disciple. This portion of verse 27 fits perfectly with the next verse we are looking at. Notice we are to follow in what and where the shepherd leads. Jesus is not just talking to hear himself. I think sometimes people think that. He just wrote it down just because, you know, he wanted a big book about himself down here, and so he just does it, you know, just to hear himself. No, he's speaking with a purpose in mind. He has a motivation that leads him, and it's love from his core. You know how many, you, you guys realize this, we've said it before, but God doesn't practice love. He is love. He doesn't have anything else. He is that, okay? And it's not the world's definition of it. Jesus is not just talking to hear himself. Remember, he only says what he hears the father say, and he only does what he sees the father do. So we can conclude then that he is saying and leading where we need to go. Jesus fully committed to the purpose of God for our lives, and we should do the same as well. Jesus fully committed to God the Father for the purpose for our lives. So, out of a response to that, we should fully commit to His purpose for our lives. Do you think He has a good purpose for you if He stepped in front of Hell for you? I think He does. I think he's got a plan for you, and we're going to see it here in John chapter 10, verse 10. Let's go back up from 27 to verse 10. It says this, the thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that you may have life and that you may have it more abundantly. The Amplified says says it this way, the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full till it overflows. Praise the Lord. That lives inside of you and me 24-7, that life. It is a wellspring of living water that comes up, and out, then out of our belly comes what? Rivers of living water. I love it. The thief comes only for what reason? This is stranger voices, to kill, to steal, kill, and destroy. One translation says it this way. The thief's purchase is to, or purpose is to butcher Listening to the voice of the stranger can lead us into a butchering condition. Peter, in his epistle, shared this from what Jesus taught here. First Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Be well balanced, this is the amplified, temperate, sober of mind, be vigilant and cautious at all times. For that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion in fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize upon and devour. Which doesn't mean he can do it to everybody. He's seeking. If he could just do it to everybody, he'd just do it. But he can't. He has to have your permission. I don't give him permission. You don't give him permission. Verse 9 says, "...withstand him, be firm in faith against his onset..." rooted, established, strong, immovable, and determined, knowing that the same identical sufferings are appointed to your brotherhood, the whole body of Christians throughout the world. So you're not going to escape some of this. You're just going to have to man up. Like, uh, was it Candace Owens said, life is tough, get a helmet. In other words, what? What? soldier up soldier stop crying about your condition put on the armor stand up and go no i'm not living this way anymore in the name of jesus i am changing and then write yourself a contract that says i cannot be defeated and i will not quit signed sean mcfarland this day or whatever your name is don't sign my name I'm not going to fight in your stead. I can't do that. You have to fight for you. Come on, somebody, you need to write it down in your Bible today or or this afternoon in your notes. You need to write it down. My kids will give their heart to Jesus in the name of Jesus and sign it and date it and say, Lord, I'm not moving off of this. I thank you that you're visiting them. Yay. Amen. Come on, God knows how to get your kid. He knows right where they are. Glory to God. All right, so we're in a war. The shepherd has come to do what? Give life and life more abundantly. The voice of our shepherd leads us into life and then abundant life. This includes now and eternity. The phrase life more abundantly means the absolute fullness of life, both essentially and ethically, which belongs to God and manifests itself in our lives in excessive quality and quantity. That's the Greek of that phrase. The Lord wants us to live in a place of excessive quality and quantity of his life. He came to do that. Verse 21 says this. Sorry, not verse 21. I'll get to eventually verse 21. I looked at the wrong place in my notes. Paul, in his letter to the Ephesians, said it this way, Ephesians 3, verse 18 through 21, and it says it this way, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. So what do we see in verse 19? That we are to be filled with the fullness of God or what? Life and life more abundantly. So here is the breakdown of the two voices. Notice the shepherd in his voice are leading us through the door, being born again, and then as our guide and provider, which has to do with walking with the Lord here on earth until we step into eternity. The stranger voice, or the thief voice, has a motivation that is described in three adjectives, to steal, kill, and destroy, which is designed to lead us to the place of everlasting doom. Now the voice of our shepherd leads us into abundant life, which translates to a life that is more than sufficient. So both voices have a stated purpose. As the Lord's sheep, we should purpose to become so attuned to him that we hear him at a whisper. We should purpose to follow our shepherd's voice because nobody knows me Like he knows me. Now, one of the keys here is that you focus on him and you don't fight with people. I've had people come to me and I've, I've, you know, through the years, I've said, The Lord told me to do this. And they said, Oh, no, the Lord didn't tell you to do that. You know, they were my personal prophet. But thankfully, where I was trained in Bible college, they said, you judge everything. So I did. This is why I'm careful about sharing my opinion about what everybody else is called to do. Because you end up, you can end up adding confusion. You can actually end up being a stranger voice. Unintentionally. When we're in fellowship with the Lord and we're focused on Him and our life is decluttered, in other words, we're pruned out, then the nutrients from the soil of heaven is flowing into us freely and we are absorbing that information into us. And then we know what to do because we're His sheep. And we hear his voice. Now, people will ask this. I can hear the thoughts. I can hear the questions. People will say, well, I just don't know what to do yet. Then don't do anything. Well, I've got to make a decision. No, you don't. Well, uh, 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 the pressure's on. Pressure is not a leading. The Lord is not going, if you don't do this right now, he's not doing that. First of all, he's out in front of you anyway. Well, I better rephrase that. He's supposed to be out in front of you. One of the things, I want to rame up uh, Bible college. One of the things that Brother Hagin would say all the time is he said, I'm known for moving slow. And this was his statement. I can always make up for lost time. He said, I can't always go back when I've gotten out ahead of God. So, it's challenging, isn't it? It's great, isn't it? People say, well, don't, uh, do you feel bad? No, I don't feel bad at all. Why would I feel bad? I'm in righteousness with Christ. I just need to make adjustments to my life. I need to stop and back up, because life is very this way. Thank you, Lord, for helping me say this. Life is very this way. It can snowball quick on you. And all of a sudden, you find yourself, and you look up, and your kids are no longer three and four. They're now teenagers. There's one off in college already, and one about to leave. And you go, what happened? We shouldn't say that. You know, if you notice this, people do this. What in the world, what does this world come to? (laughs) Exactly what was said. I'm, I'm talking about Christians do this. Well, how the time passes. Yeah, that's... You know, I I say this all the time. People's like, you know, did you, you know, uh, uh, that that time is not fair. It's gonna move whether you grow or not, or I grow or not. Do you realize that? It will. It'll 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 move either way, right? You think about this. The Lord said this. (laughs) Actually, I heard a doctor say this, and we know this. From the time you're born, you're on a path. Does anybody know what the end of it is? The the, Time doesn't play fair. I mean, it does, but it's moving. So what do I need to do? I need to stop the snowball effect and back up and allow myself to hear his voice so that I can make decisions to where I'm not just tumbling at something, but I'm aiming specifically at what God has for me. And those decisions are hard on your and my flesh every single time. Next week, we're going to get into this, and we're going to begin in point two on the stranger's voices. And I'm going I'm to let you read ahead. I'm going to give you the verses I'm going to go to. It's just one chapter that I'm going to give you. John chapter 21... Verses 15 through verses 22. And we're going to talk about stranger voices. I don't know who, is Judy coming or who's coming to play? I don't know who's coming. Anyway, somebody is, Mark must be coming to play. Yep, you are now. (laughs) Because I just got a uh uh-uh from her husband, so you are. (laughs) We're going to give an altar call here for people who need to receive Christ if they need to. But what our purpose is here in John uh, chapter... uh, What did I say? 21? Yeah. Verses 15 through 22 is this. Our purpose... And this is where I'm going to go. So you can cheat. You can get ahead. Actually, I'm not teaching next week. So... But you still... You can get two weeks ahead. Will be this. Our purpose... Will be, is going to be giving examples from Scripture that illustrate ways which the strange voices attempt to lead us away from our shepherd. And what we're going to see is that as believers, and I'm not talking about those that are lost, but as believers, we're going to see that the enemy works to get us off the track of God's plan for our life Because he knows we're going to heaven. So his next step is to get you so far off God's purpose for your life that you will have no effect in this life. And hopefully, he can send you to heaven early. And what we're going to see is he uses other ministries. I'm going to prove it. I'm so excited. He uses just general curiosity where it shouldn't be. He uses family. He tried to use Peter with Jesus. As you begin to open your mind to this truth and continue to meditate on it, the Holy Spirit is going to say, see, look, be aware. He tries to use your natural affection for your loved ones to lead you into a place of disobedience to the word. Guys, I'll just say this. He's a lot more wily than many realize in the church. This is why we must hear His voice. Amen? Amen? Oh, I could say so many things right now, but I'm not going to. Well, maybe I'll say one. Just because, yeah, I'm going to save it. If I say it, we'll be here for another hour trying to explain it. (laughs) I'll say it this way. This will help you. you can develop relationships and the soul side of relationships to such a degree that you actually miss God and what His purpose is for you. There are many believers that are spirit-filled that what they call the leading of the Holy Spirit is actually their soul. It isn't the Spirit of God. In other words... I can hang out with somebody a lot and you develop a relationship and you get along. I'm not saying they're not even Christian. They're Christians. And I can hang out with them and be buddies with them or or it could be a girlfriend, boyfriend situation, whatever it is. And you can spend a lot of time together and eventually it can feel like this is the relationship. And your soul, your emotions, can actually get so riled up that you miss the voice of God. Does that make sense? Now that doesn't just happen with like you could say like a dating relationship, that happens with friendships. That happens with all sorts of things. You're you're so riled up. It happens in churches. The Lord will actually lead people to go to another church. I've heard this more than one more than one time or attend a particular church, but it doesn't fit the way that they like to live and so they don't. I've had people walk up to me and say, The Lord told me, or the, I, feel, I feel like the Lord wants me to be a part of this ministry, but I have so many friends over here. So you're friend led. You're not Holy Ghost led. Now, watch. Here's, this, here's the importance of this. I told you it would take me longer to explain it than I. Here's the importance of why this is, and this is where I'll leave you with this. The importance is this God knows you. 30 years from there. This is why it's vital. It's vital. People say, well, I already made a mistake. Or I already did this or that. (laughs) Start where you are. And that I'm not saying get a divorce. You did not hear me say that. People say, well, I don't know if it was the will of God. You're married. It's the will of God. You're in. I said, you're in. (laughs) That's why I shouldn't have said anything, Papa. I should have just not said anything. (laughs) Glory to God. Does that help, though? Now, obviously, if there's a situation where there's physical abuse and things like that, that's a different story. But if it's just they they're bugging me now. Nope. Nope, 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 no. Nope. You you work that out, you little rascals. You you get together like you're supposed to. Okay. I don't do a lot of marriage counseling. All right, so. I need to give an altar call. Everybody bow your heads and close your eyes. <laughs> Amen. Or don't, whatever. I just want to do this. I want to give up people an opportunity to be saved this morning. The Bible says in John 3, 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. God desires that all men be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. We know that sin is the thing that has separated us from the Father. And so you know if you've been born again or not. So if you're in this place this morning and you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity right now. And it's done simply by this. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you'll be saved For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." So if you've never given your heart to Jesus, I want to give you that opportunity this morning. If you'd raise your hand where you're at, I just want to pray with you. I know that as far as the online stream goes, there are people watching to see if you'd like to receive Jesus. You can comment in the live feed, and we'll minister to you as well. Is there anybody here that would like to receive Jesus? I want to pray with you this morning. I would probably say most people are saved, but you never know. And so we always give the opportunity. Praise God. Well, it looks like everybody is. Well, did you receive from the word? Amen. Well, have a very blessed week. Amen. And make a confession of I hear his voice.